Hi, my name is Anne McElhenney. And I'm Phelan McAleer. Welcome to the Anne and Phelan Scoop Daily Virus podcast. Where, uh, where we discuss the latest news, views, advice and madness of the pandemic. It's Monday, April the 27th. And before we start today, actually, we want to let everyone know that the shooter in the drive-by shooting at the Robertson's house in Monroe, Louisiana. The Duck Dynasty people. The Duck Dynasty people who are good friends of ours um, here on the Ann and Phelan Scoop. Yeah, there was a drive-by shooting uh, last night, or yesterday afternoon, Sunday, and uh, several shots hit, hit their house. We've been in that house, actually. Yeah. We showed the Gosnell movie there. We met all the Robertson's family, most of them. And uh, we've had Alan and Lisa on the podcast. And they've visited us every year since yes. we since we first met them. Yes. So um, we were on a cruise with them on the M- was it the MRC cruise, the MRC Media cruise. Research Centre yeah. cruise. So very happy to hear that they're safe. Uh, very happy to hear the shooter has been arrested. Very happy to hear the shooter has been arrested. Very good job on the yes. on the police department down in Monroe. Well, as they say, thank God criminals are stupid. You know, um, but. Anyway, we're, we're, we just wanted to start out by saying that, and we're so glad that everyone's well. So this is week six film of our lockdown. It's going great, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Okay, uh, enough said about that. We've already got to the gardening stage of the pandemic, and we've also... What did we get? What did we plant? We planted um, thyme. Because um, we got a lot of thyme. Thyme. That's very funny. Thyme and basil and... Because we got a lot of basil. No, it doesn't work. And parsley. Um, and we're also, um, I've also got to the stage where I've actually now acquired a sourdough starter. I've acquired the sourdough starter. I haven't done anything with it yet. Um, and when what, our, What's a sourdough starter? Uh, it's super complicated. It's something that you use in the, in the absence of yeast. It's a bacteria. It's a living thing that's living now in our fridge in a jar and which can be then activated by feeding. Anyway, apparently it's quite complicated. But I will keep you posted on whether or not and I actually... You, and where did you get the starter? I got it from our it, friend Ben. And it's, is it an old starter? Young it's, a four, it's a 40 year old starter. And apparently that's, that's kind of a thing with starters that people can say. Because I know the neighbour near here um, has a sourdough starter. And I think I remember decades old starter that he wow. has. But we could become those people who make sourdough bread. It could happen. But, yes. you know, I'll keep you posted. But in today's show, we're looking at, first of all, about two stories... Two stories from the New York Times that tell you everything that the intrepid reporters of the New York Times think are really important to focus on and the things that, that, they're, are, not. that they're not focused yeah. on. And we look at how the ship, the ghost ship that, that doesn't seem to be needed um, and tells us a lot about New York. Uh, we're also asking why in the middle of a global pandemic people are destroying food, why, why that's happening. You'd think people would be preserving food for food shortages. And the person who took the fish cleaner, we look at the person who took the fish cleaner because allegedly Trump told him to. We feature some wonderful investigative journalism that shows this story should be featured in Dateline uh-huh. rather than meet the press. Uh, so we ask, is this a case of a dumb Trump supporter or a very fishy story about a girl called Wanda? I like that oh, one, Philip. Yes. <laughs> we have a lot of time to write that I'll little say, teaser. You now. know, this, this is this is what this is what you pay the big bucks for. Yeah, no, actually, I have to say, um, yeah. I uh, I've just the Daily Beast. Well, sorry to go away from the teaser here. The Daily Beast have just started just as the just as the uh, pandemic is coming to an end. Yes. Daily Beast have decided. Oh, we're going, we need to do a daily podcast on this. So the Daily Beast, the, the ultra left wing. Uh, uh, outlet uh, have started their daily 
podcast by Molly Young Fast and Rick Wilson. Rick Wilson is the never, never, the most extreme never Trumper of them all. Molly Young Fast is Lisa Page's friend, Aww. who was most aghast that we were doing FBI Lovebirds at CPAC. And yes. you can read her writing about that. So they've done this podcast and it, uh, it's a pretty bad podcast. Uh, but one thing that really got me was they love their own jokes. So I fear that that might have been me loving my own joke. I actually, sorry, can I just say I really appreciate that one. But our last and our last story actually is a very serious one. Um, looking at the data numbers and the big problems that there are with the numbers that are be, being reported as COVID deaths around the world. And we've got a story, one from the UK and one from the USA Today, actually telling um, telling two sides of that uh, rather disturbing story. But we're starting today with the New York Times. You know. Um, and two stories from the New York Times in the last, you know, 24 hours that tell you really everything that you need to know about the New York Times' priorities when it comes to the pandemic. So they've done um, a huge piece um, where they have analysed, they've had three journalists film. They've had three. Jeremy Peters, Jeremy Elena Plott and yeah. Maggie Haberman, by the way, who I would imagine, I did, meant to look this up, I'll bet you she was won a Pulitzer Prize in her past, or maybe the others have as well. But these three, because one wouldn't be enough, because this is such an important story. This is where you need to focus the energy of three top class investigative reporters. And what they did was they analyzed, forensically analyzed every word that Trump has spoken since I think the 6th of March. So three journalists from the, here's how they write it themselves. Three journalists from the New York Times reviewed more than two 160,000 words spoken by President Trump during the pandemic. Here's what we learned. That's the first line of a very, very, of the very, very long story by these three. Yeah. Um, and it's a beautiful journalists. story too. It's beautifully laid oh, out. It's beautifully laid out. Like the gra- the person who did the graphics. It's a work of art. Is the person who did the graphics like deserves like a massive prize. Like there's all kinds of really fabulous interactive stuff. And there's like this huge screen with all these little small screens with Trump in each of them. Um, and you won't, you'll, it's really shocking, Phil, what they discovered after uh, parsing through these 20, wow. 260,000. I, I, I just can't, I can't, I don't know will what Will I summarize they, it? Will I summarize it? I mean, I just don't know what they, I mean, it's just, it's just amazing. I'm so going to summarize. when you analyze 260,000 words. What comes out of it? What comes out of it, Anne? Tell I, me. Well, first of all, it was important to do that. That's right. it. Obviously, we're going to all take that for granted, that that was what really needs to be done. after 54,000 deaths and, a, and an is, economy shut down. And maybe irreparable damage done yeah, to that economy. and people impoverished, people committing suicide because their businesses have been taken off them. Um, lives of complete despair. But no, no, no. The, the New York Times have have caught the zeitgeist, and 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 they're focusing on the thing that matters most to us. Looking at each individual individual word that Trump said in his pre- daily press conference, each individual word, and you won't believe, Phelan, shockingly, what they discovered. The New York Times discovered. They they really hate they. Trump is really bad. Like they don't like him at all. Like, like just, not at all. Like he's not, apparently like he's self praise, self praise bad, narcissistic bad. Um, you know, didn't and they've like how many times he praised other people versus how many times he praised himself. And they've like they've done all this mathematical stuff. Like it's yeah. incredible. Well, yeah. yeah, you know, and it's just it's it's kind of amazing. So this is what they've done. But it's interesting in the same great New York Times. Pulitzer Prize winning New York Times with these Pulitzer Prize winning journalists. They have a story about China. But you know what about the story about China? You love this, Phelan. Instead of having three reporters from the New York Times report on China, they just lift a story from Reuters. So they just took a file story, right, from yes, Reuters. Yeah. You know, and here's the story that they took from Reuters and just planted it in the paper because 
we have to get all the resources onto the important story, which is what film? Uh, the analysis of the 260,000 words that Spoken president by the president at the press conferences. Yeah, exactly. Because we know that that's what the priority is. We know that that's what really everyone is hanging on to find out what the New York Times have discovered during this forensic analysis. Maybe we should do a forensic analysis of the millions of, you know, 260,000 words spoken by the New York Times reporters since the beginning of the pandemic. But then, actually, that's not important. No, that's not important. But here's what they've done. So they've lifted the story from Reuters. And here's the story. And you know what? The story film is so short. So here's the headline. China says all coronavirus patients in Wuhan have now been discharged. Ah, Isn't that great? That's a feel The Chinese story. city of Wuhan, global I mean, coronavirus pandemic that? began. Uh, the, has chi- now the Chinese foreign ministry has said it probably... Well, it came from Europe. No, they, they now believe it came from Kansas. Uh, oh, yeah. wow. Well, those ones but say so, and I think, I think I think they should say that the Chinese city of Wuhan with the global coronavirus, without any evidence, the American government has said the global coronavirus pandemic, without any evidence. Without any evidence. Okay. Continuing on, back to Reuters, the the Chinese city of Wuhan, where the global coronavirus pandemic began, now has no remaining cases in its hospitals, a health official told reporters on Sunday. The novel coronavirus is believed to have originated in a wet market in Wuhan and first emerged in December before spreading quickly worldwide. Some 2.83 million people have been reported to have been infected globally and 197,872 have died. That's a big number. According to a Reuters tally, the latest news is that by April 26th, the number of new coronavirus patients in Wuhan was at zero. Was at zero, reported breathlessly by the New York Times, Reuters and other news outlets. That's me speaking, by the way, just so you know. Um, Thanks to the joint efforts of Uh. Wuhan and medical staff from around the country, said the National Health Commissioner spokesman, Mai Feng, Mai Feng, his name is Mai Feng, and I would love to know if I've pronounced that correctly, said at a briefing, the city had reported 46,452 cases, 56% of the national total. It saw 3,869 fatalities, or 84% of China's total. Wuhan the province, and, and the province of Hubei were put in lockdown near the end of January with roads sealed, trains and planes cancelled, and residents unable to move freely for more than two months. And just, I'm adding in that particular paragraph the fact that while they did all that sealing off, they didn't seal off Hubei province or Wuhan to the rest of the world. Bully for you, Chinese. So you couldn't travel around Wuhan, but you could fly from Wuhan to Milan. No, you couldn't. You couldn't travel around the Hubei, out of the Hubei province to the rest of China or out of yes. Wuhan. But you could go to New York, or Los Milan. Angeles, or Northern Milan, I- Northern, Northern, Italy. Northern Italy. You know, but we're not finished. No, this is the New York Times breathlessly reporting this story. The city is still testing residents regularly, despite relaxing the restrictions. The focus has since shifted to the northeast border province of completely unpronounceable, which has seen large numbers of imported coronavirus cases entering from Russia. Oh, the Russians. Ah. Oh, those Ruskies. That's xenophobic. That's xenophobic. China's health authority had earlier reported 11 new coronavirus cases on the mainland on April the 25th, down from 12 the previous day with no fatalities. To see an interactive graphic, go here and they give you a URL to look for the interactive graphic. Because you know what? They didn't have room for the interactive the interactive graphic in the New York Times because they had so much space taken up with the graphics showing all the awful words that Trump used in the press conference. Yes. Oh, those yeah. bad words. Yes, oh, but they didn't have time to words. question uh, the Chinese uh, 200 and the, the 2,600 words 
about the Chinese figures that are as dodgy as as as, as, as dodgy as, sorry, as, as a, a dodgy thing could be. Dodgy as a do, a, a dodgy car in a Dodgem factory from from uh, Dodgemville from Dodge City in oh, 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 oh. That sort of sad. Isn't it Dodge City? We're moving, we're moving really, 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 really moving all right along. But just to say at the end here, um, you know, thanks again to the New York Times, you shameless, useless journalists, um, Pulitzer Prize winning useless journalists who are not making this story the focus of this complete story of the pandemic about China, who, you know, again, who lied, who continue to lie, and who have the, the great fortune, by the way, of having the New York Times work um, as, an, as another arm of the CCP, um, as the, uh, the Chinese Communist Party. Aren't they, God, aren't they so lucky. Moving right along, Philip. Yes, a small story. The, the, com the United States uh, Naval Service Comfort, uh, the Navy hospital ship, which was brought into, into New York with great fanfare, it was going to take the when the ventilators are going to be overwhelmed, the hospitals are going to be overwhelmed. Thousand beds. Thousand beds. They've treated so far 182 patients, and there's one patient left as of last Saturday evening. Basically, there was no need for it. New York never ran out of ventilators. Uh, you know, the we had a lockdown to to flatten the curve. Boy, was that curve flattened. Oh, and that could be a reason why they've moved away from criticizing Trump for the lack of ventilators to saying things like "Your words are nasty." Yes. That's, yeah, I don't like your point. words. That's a good point, you know, because he, America has been shown to be, you know, it, it was not well prepared. States are important for, your states are supposed to prepare for disaster recovery. But, uh, you know, there have not been a bed shortage. There has not been a ventilator shortage. There's not been a treatment shortage. There's not been a nurse shortage. There's not, there's been no shortage. But Trump uses bad words, which is very important. Trump. So, sad story, farmers destroying their crops. This is why, a terrible story. Why would you be destroying your crops? During in, a pandemic. Yeah, you'd think that people would want to, farmers would, want, would be making lots of money selling their crops. But basically, restaurants take a huge, restaurants and schools and hotels, hotels take an enormous amount of food. And they take different kinds of food, actually, and different meat cuts and different types of crops than awful people use in their homes. And it's packaged differently. So when those are not available... The, the farmers cannot sell them, so they're dumping eggs, they're g killing chickens, they're gassing pigs. Oh, it's terrible. It's a terrible I hate terrible. that story. Yeah. I really hate that story. Yes. But I love this next story because Philip and I are famously watch an enormous amount of Dateline. We watch yes. an enormous amount of, uh, you know, who the bleep killed, killed my wife or whatever. Yes. Who the bleep did I marry? Yeah, all that kind of stuff. Yes. We, we love that stuff. Yes. And this brings up this extraordinary story, which yes. I think is... Yes, uh, it's, it's a wonderful story. And actually, this is, I mean... And actually, it's interesting and perfect timing, given the fact that the disinfectant story has become a big yes. deal. Uh, so you remember, you'll remember the story. In death, he became a cautionary tale about the risks of mindlessly following the armchair medical advice of President Donald Trump. But... Um, now he is. Uh, now he. It looks like it's more of a case for Dateline rather than Meet the Press. So this is a actually, and this, this is a wonderful story because so many conservative news outlets don't do investigative journalism, and, and in fact, a lot of conservative outlets don't do journalism. It's one of my pet peeves. They seem to think that their job is to comment on mainstream journalism, uh, but not do any original reporting themselves. Uh, this is Alana Goodman. Uh, it's amazing. She's done a wonderful job here of, of original reporting. 
And you know, it really for the Washington helped. Times, for the right? Washington Free Beacon, for the Washington Free Beacon. Yes, okay. and uh, so yes, when they, so it, it, you know, this was an example of how awful the president is, with the added bonus of illustrating how dumb his supporters are. So now, and this is one of the best pieces of, as I say, one of the best pieces of, of original reporting. Um, it's, it starts off with friends saying they're struggling to understand what drove an engineer with an extensive science background to do something so widely out of character. And, and this is a quote. These people describe Lenius, and that's, that was his name, um, uh, Mr. Lenny, Gary Lenius. Uh, and uh, interestingly, his wife was called Wanda. Um, so yes, so the story was that President Trump had talked about hydroxychloroquine and him and his wife had looked in their pantry and found fish food which contained uh, hydroxychloroquine somewhere in the ingredients or something that sounded like hydroxychloroquine and the two of them ate it and he died so fish tank cleaner fish tank cleaner so the uh you know the way it is that you do that when you're when there's an awful pandemic around and you know you say to yourself let's look and see if we've got any cleaning equipment under the sink that we could actually medicate ourselves with to get over a pandemic. You know the way you do that. Yes, but Anne, you know the way see, people do that. You don't understand. You see, in the world in the New York in the world of New York Times writers, in the world of the Daily Show, in the world of all these liberal journalist outlets. SNL. There's a lot of dumb Trump supporters out there, right? And this and this for them fits this, perfectly into their narrative. This would be no surprise to them. So however, it just doesn't tally uh, as the as the Washington Free Beacon uh, find out you know they talk to friends they actually went and did the original reporting uh, f- friends say they are struggling to understand what drove an engineer with an extensive science background, an engineer an engineer with an extensive science background to do something so wildly out of character and quote these people describe Lenius as intelligent and level-headed not prone to the sort of reckless and impulsive behavior he reportedly engaged in on the day he died and you know, then they add the killer line. I like this. There's a killer line, which, the killer is, which just comes in, uh, but the third part of it that all true crime aficionados like ourselves, yes, we know. We recognise that. We when we see this line, we go, tantalising. Mm. Mm, we know it means a lot when it comes to an, explaining an apparently mysterious death. So here's the line: This account is based on interviews with people who knew Lenius well and paints a picture of a troubled marriage characterized by Wanda Lenius's explosive anger. Mm. Right? So, in other words, more to this story, uh, and there may be a history here. And then quote from uh, the friend. What bothers me about this is that Gary was a very intelligent man, a retired mechanical engineer who designed systems for John Deere uh, factory in Waterloo, Iowa. And I can't really see a scenario would say, yes, please, I would love to drink some of that koi fish tank cleaner, one of his close friends told the Washington Free Beacon. It doesn't make any sense. Wow. wow. And uh, so, you great, know, great story. You know, the, the people who know him say they're troubled by how he's been portrayed in the media. And they just, they would, I would like people to know that Gary was not the fool that some of the media stories and comments are depicting him to be. Uh, I don't really think Gary knew what he was taking, says one friend, right? But mm. well, how, how would he not know? Um, and they describe him as kind, genuine, p- patient, and helpful, sincere, friendly. And they say Gary Lenius loved building and flying model aircraft and had a talent for it. He joined a club and he spent many days at the local airport testing his planes. And Wanda, and by the way, I mean, how is it that a story 
involving fish tank cleaner, where one of the main protagonists is called Wanda. A fish called Wanda? Yeah. No, no, I'm not missing that film. Yes. I'm just, I just, I'm, I'm just I'm, no, I'm not missing it. I'm just refusing to comment on that. Okay. Because I've, I think this is actually, I think this is really sad. And there's awful quotes in here. Terrible quotes. It turns, terrible. you know, this, this turns out to be one of those awful stories. And we've watched loads allegedly. of these. We've seen allegedly. 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 The, but yeah, but everyone's already decided, Phelan. I mean, everyone had decided the fate of this poor man that, yes, what happened was he watched a, a Trump uh, press conference where he was explaining about the, the, the hydroxychloroquine and this man then allegedly well actually not allegedly everyone ran with this one yes, story that yes. he ran around the house looking for anything that had hydroxychloroquine written on it yeah, and or, found or, something that said or any ingredient of that yes an engine anyway keep going yes keep going so when he was there at the park uh wanda Linius, he was there with his model air in model airplanes wanda Linius would often take her terrier dogs and meet her husband at the air park and the couples would go for a walk in the nearby desert. Those who knew of the couple said they tensed, sensed tension in the marriage. Now, sensing tension in the marriage is, is, a, is a much used phrase. Correct. To, yes. There's well, a bit of tension in this marriage, by the way, just saying that, but it's caused by the pandemic, so yes. everything will be all right, you know. Yes. Quote, Wanda would constantly berate Gary in public. I hate that. Uh, said a source. Uh, everyone was embarrassed for him but he outwardly did not seem to care much. In our opinion, their marriage was seen outwardly as one-sided as a marriage could possibly be. Oh, Gary worshipped Wanda, the person said. That's like you, Philip. Adding that his wife would routinely call him a doofus and humiliate him in public. I don't do that. Not yet. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, this, is, this gets really sad now. Lenius' friend uh, recalled that Wanda Lenius destroyed her husband's model aircraft collection after he returned home late for a meal. It's a horrible story. Yeah, these planes take dozens and sometimes hundreds of hours to complete to the friend. Gary did not get angry, he simply junked the planes that were not repairable and fixed the rest. This is the Gary I knew. He would never get upset. He just accepted what happened and carried on. That's, thank you. Uh, in another recent instance, the same friend said Wanda Linius broke her husband's laptop screen, angry because he had done the awful thing of updating her Windows software on her computer without telling her. Oh my God. You know, so it goes into the bit of the background of Wanda Linius. They met in the factory and uh, they, in fact, it was a domestic incident at their home where the police were called. She was actually charged with domestic violence, but the husband, backed her up, withdrew his allegation, said that nothing happened. The judge said that the 911 tape contained sufficient evidence to establish probable cause, but due to the husband's uh, refusal to, to, to confirm it, he had to acquit her. Then Wanda, uh, she had worked for John Deere, but went on long-term disability after developing mental and physical health problems from gender and age discrimination, according to a lawsuit. And this, and this was very similar to a similar lawsuit she she had processed at the Cedar Valley Medical Clinic, uh, a former employer. Uh, then, she was then she was discriminated against because she was a young single girl. Dr. James Harding, Wanda's psychologist, had told the court in the John Deere lawsuit that she had post-traumatic stress disorder and anger issues due to her experience at the company. Quote, in the process of externalizing her stress, she means very angry uh, and full of adrenaline much of the time. And she, she, she can often have powerful triggers to flashbacks causing rage and a desire to attack. So she said, during, she said during a deposition she's furious all the time 
etc., etc. So I think, by the way, this one we're going to move on from the story because we've got to go. But one other, one other very important part of this story is that you know how was this even done? How how could she have done this? Because the guy is really intelligent and all that. You know how? So it turns out that for years, right? She had been preparing a kind of a vitamin drink for him that she would give him in a soda bottle, right, Philip? Yeah, yeah. And she often made so. Some one of the friends said that Wanda Lenius often made a cocktail of vitamins for Gary. So that so there's another you know easy explanation for how in fact this man ingested this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Without however, knowing. we should point out that for, for the story, Wanda Lenius did not respond to requests for comment about the allegations in the report in the Washington Free Beacon. Uh, and a woman, who, but a woman who identified herself later as a friend of Wanda Lenius's, emailed the Free Beacon to say that Wanda Lenius uh, was not well and had called the information contained in the report old and inaccurate. Hmm. So let's let's hopefully this story will develop and just, really justice so. will be done. Yeah, and I hope yes. that and I hope that, yeah. that the cops will be investigating this yeah. story yeah. as well. I mean, I I hope that the cops are not following the the Trump bad and Trump supporters uh, stupid story. And our last story today is just extraordinary, actually, and kind of goes, and again, kind of story maybe that the New York Times might have shown more of an interest in. And this is a massive story, and we've got uh, about the data. So these huge draconian measures that are impoverishing massive populations across the world, changing the economy maybe for decades, um, maybe about to cause um, a Great Depression rather than even a recession, uh, are based on numbers, fatality numbers, and as I think we've said over and over again on this show, you know the fact that the fact that breathlessly everyone reports the Chinese death toll as like it's like it's gospel, like you could trust it, um, is obviously a major problem. But this story doesn't this story doesn't even deal with that. And the first story comes from USA Today, which says there is a massive problem in the United States anyway, anyway, with death certificates. So I mean, you won't believe this. One in three death certificates were wrong before the coronavirus. And of course, the USA Today say it's about to get much worse. Up to one in three death certificates nationwide were already wrong before COVID-19, said Bob Anderson. And this is coming from Bob Anderson, by the way, the chief of, of mortality statistics branch at the National Center for Health Statistics. A 2017 review of Missouri hospitals, for example, found that nearly half of death certificates issued an incorrect cause of death. A Vermont study found 51% of death certificates had major errors. Nearly half of the physicians the Center for Disease Control and Prevention surveyed in 2010 admitted they knowingly reported an inaccurate cause of death. The widespread inaccuracy of death certificate information stems largely and this is this to me i read this this is really hard to believe in a developed country but listen to this the widespread inaccuracy of death certificate information stems largely from the varying levels of expertise of those who complete the forms experts said physicians coroners medical examiners and in some states other medical personnel such as nurse practitioners can legally sign a de death certificate that noise in the background, by the way, that bell ringing there, that's a cat. That's not a cat, that's who not, was, yes. a cat who would really like to take off the bell, uh, the, the new collar he's got on. Yes. So ignore him. A cat who was, who was imprisoned last night in a, in a little room. And it's very excited now. Yes. So medical examiners are generally physicians specializing in forensic pathology who can perform autopsies. 
Coroners, however, are not always doctors. So in some states, such as Alabama and Georgia, the only requirement for a coroner is that they are a non, I love this, a non-felon of legal age to be elected to the position. I mean, that's, that's a pretty, I think that's what you call a far, rather low bar, right? Even those with medical expertise, though, regularly get it wrong. And here's a bit of news for you. In Vermont, in Vermont, hello to everyone in Vermont, you don't have a coroner. No coroners in Vermont at all. So, actually, Wanda, Wanda Lenny essentially moved to Vermont yes. before she killed her husband. Yes. Oh, sorry, before she, uh, before, uh, oh. allegedly. Yes. yes, allegedly. In a recent report to Congress, the Justice Department said that as many as 700 more forensic pathologists are needed. So, obviously, put that's all of that is the background before the pandemic happened. And as, as, the US, as USA Today said, the problem is about to get much worse. The pandemic will undoubtedly inundate already overworked and sometimes undertrained officials who fill out these, uh, these forms. Accurate death certificates are paramount for local, you know, for everything that's being decided. These death certificates are incredibly important. So the first thing we know is, for example, there was a problem before the pandemic began. So now you can just imagine uh, medical systems across the country are inundated with deaths. And how are they reporting them? Are they reporting them accurately? Yeah. What are they reporting as a COVID death? And, you know, again, the, health, the, the National Center for Health Statistics said, again, in that USA Today story, updated. They said that the National Center for Health Statistics updated its website on April the 1st, by the way. Are you listening to yes. this? April the 1st to clarify that those filling out death certificates should record COVID-19 as the probable cause if testing isn't possible. And if the medical records or circumstances support that. So this has been something, I, by, by the way, that has been on my mind all the time. Mm -hmm. When you think that the way that they, you know, there's this graph of how many people have died per million yeah. across the world. And the idea that there's some kind of uniformity to how things are being reported, absolutely ludicrous. But there's an even worse story coming out of the UK. And this is a brilliant piece of reporting by Off Guardian, who could teach the New York Times about journalism, it's, it's, by the way. It's a website called Off Guardian. It's a website called Off Guardian, which I have never even heard of before, but I think uh, clearly they um, may have some issues with the Guardian's reporting yes. about things. And here's what, here's what they say. It's absolutely amazing. The daily, so this is from the UK. The daily COVID-19 deaths reports issued by the UK government are generally misleading and being so misrepresented by the media, they amount to little more than a lie. And this is not, you know, fake news. Each day, the UK's Department of Health and Social Care release a report titled Daily Number of COVID-19 Associated UK Deaths in Hospitals. The media then report these numbers as the, the daily death toll. Overnight death toll. Presenting the number uh, of all these people. As if A, these number of people are the people who died of COVID-19 in the last 24 hours and that they died, that they died of COVID-19 and that they died in the previous 24 hours. Neither of which is true. Neither of which is true. The UK government, like many other national governments, makes no effort whatsoever to distinguish between those who died of coronavirus and those who died with the coronavirus. Therefore, of the daily COVID-19 deaths, an unknown number may have died of something else. This is huge news. And what they do here in this story, which I really like, is they look at one, particularly, one particular day I mean, it, it, it's just extraordinary. You so know? it's one particular day where the headline figure is X, but it turns out most of those people didn't die that overnight. They were just, they died previously, but they, they finally their deaths have been registered um, 
where, where the figure is now, it's, 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 it's misleading. And I don't know whether the Department of Health is misleading, but certainly the journalists, if this is true, the journalists are misleading. Or they're being simplistic. Or they like, and I, I think there is a thing, and I think you've said this before, Phil, that journalists are extremely attracted to worst case scenarios. Yeah. And they like, they like, the, you know, it's disastrous. But it's, all, but it's always worst case scenarios that make conservative politicians look bad. It's never worst case scenarios. You know, they never go with the worst case scenario of, climate change mitigation, never go with the worst case scenario of socialism, they never go with the worst case scenario of communism, they never go with the worst case scenario of, 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 of a far left government. It's but always utopian, but if a conservative government's in power, they always go for the, the, hard, the, hard, the hard choice, and the hard choice is always disaster and doom. And it's, you know, we, we weren't going to come to this story, but I just want to mention another story out of yes. Ireland. Where, yes, where, you know, I'm glad you did. Kellyanne Conway was lambasted. Noah, uh, Trevor Noah called her an idiot, dumb. She was lambasted by all the, the Daily Beast, everyone, for saying COVID-19 is, is the 19th virus. That's why it's called 19. It's the, you know, there was 18 others, and this is the most deadly one. And she's wrong about that, right? But Kellyanne Conway is a pollster, a brilliant pollster, a brilliant political brain. She's not a scientific brain. But in Ireland, someone called Simon Coveney. Oh, yeah. Oh, is it Simon, someone Co- Simon Coveney. No, Simon Harris. Simon Harris. Simon Harris, who is... Uh, Simon Harris, who... Simon Harris. Ha- ha- Simon Harris said exactly the same on national radio in an address to the children of Ireland. Oh, right? Yes. Answering questions to the children of Ireland. And in this national address, he said exactly the same. Now, who is Simon Harris? Oh, who is Simon Harris? But he's some random person, is he? Is he some random person in he's, Ireland? He is the Irish Minister for Health. Ah, the Irish Minister for Health. So five did weeks... Get, did he get lambasted for that? Five then, weeks into a pandemic, he said this. The Minister for Health. And did he get lambasted for The man who's locking... And Ireland has the most draconian lockdown, I think, in, in almost in most of Europe. You're not allowed to go more than two kilometres from your house or you're stopped by the police. Did he get lambasted for He this? got not lambasted. He was, uh, he was allowed to apologise, as he said, for his boo-boo, and the issue has died. Oh, and everyone loves him, and everyone thinks he's doing a great yeah, job, right? Because he brought in abortion. Basically, yep. Yep. basically if, you, if you're in favour of abortion, uh, and you're not a right-winger, then you're allowed to say anything you like. We're, gonna, you're, we're just going to finish with this. I want to finish with this off-Guardian off story, because th- what they do is they take one day, and they look at it, and it really is worth looking at. So they choose a day, and the day they chose was April the 10th. And they say that on that day, the, Depart- the health department in, in the UK reported 980 people died of COVID-19. This was covered in the press in the UK as the UK's deadliest COVID-19 day. And here's the headlines, the Telegraph's headline, UK death toll jumps 980 in just 24 hours, the biggest rise yet. The Daily Mail reported, Britain records Europe's highest single day death toll. Number of victims jumps to 980. Sky News went with, 980 tops Spain and Italy's highest number of deaths, which were 961 and 919 respectively. All those kind of breathless headlines. But it's, but at the time the report was released. Yes, so if, sorry. So those, were, as we're saying, those are the cumulative figures of the, of people who had died previous weeks. But actually, overnight, how many had died? Huh? So the actual true number, even though obviously they were they were they were reporting it like it was that 24 hours, 117 people. Had died of COVID really had, had COVID related deaths according to the NHS England. In England with a yeah. further possible 90 coming from Northern Ireland, Scotland, and Wales for a maximum possible total of 204. The other 776 people included in the report had died at seemingly random points between March the 5th and April the 8th. The rep- 
They reported 980 deaths in one day were in reality spread over five weeks. The actual 980 deaths were spread over five weeks. So this is not a conspiracy theory. It's not any kind of theory. In fact, it's openly admitted to the official numbers. Um, so, I mean, that, to me, that's a, it's a massive story. I think it'd be nice if the New York Times would take a little moment away from their super forensic detailed analysis of each word and syllable and full stop and comma and eye roll and lip wag or whatever it is that the orange man does to maybe look at a story that really matters like that the data that is basing that is being used to base all these draconian measures that are in destroying lives by the way um that they would have a look at that story a little bit closer yeah but we'll keep looking at this so video. it looks like the world is opening um I just saw a flat a news flash that Cuomo has announced a plan May 15th to open. I mean, they may say it's all based on science, but actually, you know what? I think people are fed up. People realize the figures do not match the reality. They've been locked down for fear, for political reasons, for all sorts of reasons that are nothing to do with health. They've flattened the curve that the people now. So now I think we're going to come, we're looking at the end to quote Churchill, the beginning of the end. Um, and it's it's because people are protesting. People are saying enough is enough. You're not your 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 figures are not reliable. We need reliable figures, and we need a way out of this. Bye, and don't forget to leave uh, ratings on the Apple Podcast app, and leave a comment. Thank you. Bye. Stay safe.